Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone. I hope you had a great week. Happy Friday. I had a fantastic week. I really did. More to share on that. But first, I want to tell you a little funny story. So early this week, I got a notification that one of my podcast listeners had sent me a voice message. And I love it when I get these. And by the way, if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, if you scroll down the screen, you'll see there's a place where you can actually leave voice messages for the podcaster that you're listening to. And I love getting them. So please feel free to message me anytime you like. Anyway, this lovely girl by the name of Tara <laughs> sends me a message and she's like, hi. I'm a new listener and I just wanted to give you some feedback. I hope this doesn't sound critical. I just listened to your latest episode and the editing is really bad. Like you're repeating sentences and there's lots of noise. I don't know if you listen to your episodes after you've uploaded them, but it's really bad or something like that. It was, it was a super nice message. I was like, oh crap. But at first I laughed because I thought, okay, that's just me and my ADHD. And then I thought, no, you know what? This isn't funny because some people will be hearing that episode or any given episode for the first time. And <laughs> they think that I'm a complete crackpot or not knowing what I'm doing, which is kind of true. But at any rate, I thought, okay, I better go listen to this. So I go and listen to the podcast and it is the raw recording. So there's me repeating sentences because every time I screw up, I just say a sentence again and then I edit out whatever I need to and descript. So if, by the way, tip for those of you who have a podcast or you record videos or you edit anything, descript is the bomb.com. Anyway, I usually just repeat myself and then I edit out all the stuff afterwards. Well, I had done all of that, but I actually uploaded the raw file for my podcast as opposed to the edited file. So there's like slurping noises and all kinds of crazy stuff. So thank you, Tara. I was able to go in and flip out those files. So now it sounds like a professional or even like remotely professional podcast, as opposed to me slurping and repeating myself a bazillion times. So I hope there's not a lot of people that listen to that podcast before Tara reached out. And I just, I think that's so lovely, right? Because she's like the person that's going to pull you aside and let you know that you have spinach in your teeth. I love people that have the courage and compassion to do stuff like that, because I'm usually not the person who will tell you that you have spinach in your teeth unless I know you very well. So thank you, Tara. Hats off to you. Today's podcast is all about cycling through hobbies. I actually recorded this as a video last week on my YouTube channel, and I got such great feedback on it so that I thought I would share the audio today. This is great for you if you have ADHD and you tend to have a bazillion passions or you cycle through them really quickly. Like 
one minute you're into calligraphy and the next minute you're into, I don't know, RVing or traveling across the country in your RV, which is what I'm currently into. I don't know. It, it just seems that we tend to cycle through passions a lot quicker than the average Joe. And this is also true of what we would call a quote unquote multi-potentialite. And if you've never heard that term, it's basically somebody who cycles through interests a lot. And those of us who didn't come out of the womb knowing what we wanted to do our entire lives because we had so many interests. So that's actually a really interesting TED Talk. I would highly recommend that you go listen to it. The idea of multi-potentialite was coined by a gal, I believe her name is Emily, but it's really worth the listen. So go listen to that. So you may, you don't have to have ADHD to suffer from multi-potentialism, which is not necessarily a bad thing until your behavior starts to become problematic. And I talk about that further in this episode, so I won't dig into that right now. But if you are somebody who tends to flit from one interest to another. This podcast is for you. I hope it gives you a sense of feeling seen that you're not the only person that deals with this and a few tips for how to deal with it so you don't break the bank, spending money on all your various different hobbies and end up with a bunch of stuff in your garage collecting dust as I have. <laughs> so on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and I will talk to you next Friday. If you are somebody who tends to get really enamored with hobbies, interests, whatever, and you are obsessed for weeks, months, maybe years, probably not years, and then you drop it like a hot potato and move on to the next thing, then first of all, you're not alone. You're in really good company. I do that too. When I learned that I had ADHD and that this was one of the hallmark traits of ADHDers, a lot of it started to make sense. And I actually did a video several months ago around cycling through jobs because so many of us start new jobs and then get bored very easily and then end up quitting. And I was surprised at how much that resonated with other people. So I was definitely not alone on the fact that I like to job hop a lot. But what if you are also a hobby hopper or an interest hopper? What do you do about that? I noticed there's a lot of shame around this, mostly because our impulsivity drives certain behaviors that we may then later regret, like signing up for things, buying a lot of equipment that we never use, that sort of thing. So if this sounds familiar, then today I'm going to share some ways to avoid the impulsivity part and let go of the shame of moving through interests. So with that, Let's start with why do we cycle through interests so often? Well, ADHDers have very fast brains. When we're interested in something, our prefrontal cortex lights up and we are all in because we have interest-driven brains. So when we're interested in something, we learn very quickly. We absorb it very quickly. We have insatiable curiosity around it. If you have ADHD and you've ever done your via character strengths, then you might find that curiosity and love of learning are up at the top because we get that dopamine squirt from learning something that we find absolutely fascinating, we are just driven to learn more and more and more until the point where we have learned everything we feel like we need to learn and we've exhausted that topic and then we drop it like a hot potato and then move on to the next sparkly thing. Now that pattern in and of itself is neither bad nor good, except for the story that we give it. And very often there's a lot of shame that's attached to it. And it may not necessarily be because 
we cycle through interests faster than neurotypical people, but we can also be very impulsive. So when we're impulsive, we are directing our behaviors in a way that we may regret later. Very often that might show up as buying a bunch of equipment that we never really use or paying for courses or coaching in an area where we think we're going to move into, but we don't use it or we don't finish it. There's a lot of ways that this can show up. So once our interest peaks in a certain topic and we're on the way down, we start thinking about all of that impulsive behavior that we may have engaged in that we now regret as we look in our garage and there's a million things in there that we are never going to use again. Then we can start to spiral into shame. And very often that is being accompanied by the people around us who also don't understand this pattern and resent the fact that we have spent shared funds on these things. So what do we do about this? The first thing I would want to say is that you are not broken and this pattern is neither good nor bad, except for the story that you attach to it and maybe some impulsive behaviors on the back end. But cycling through interests in and of itself is not a bad thing. Like, I don't know who came up with the rule that said we have to start a new hobby and keep it for five years or more, or it's not a legitimate hobby. I mean, I used to be passionate about Barbies and I'm not passionate about it anymore. And that's a-okay. The first thing to realize is that the cycle of which you go through an interest doesn't make you a good or bad person. You do have a fast brain. You can consume things very quickly when you're interested in them. And that's very often why you cycle through them so fast. Whereas a neurotypical might take a more linear and longer term approach to an interest doesn't mean that they're any better than a neurodiverse person or vice versa. It's just a different approach to interest in hobbies. But knowing that about yourself is really powerful because now you can use that awareness to deter impulsive behaviors that may not serve you down the line. So how do we control that impulsivity so that we're not making fast decisions that we might regret down the line? Here's how I do it. I put boundaries around my interests. If I am first learning about something and feeling that obsession starting to bubble up, I promise myself that I will not spend more than X amount of dollars on learning about it. So no high ticket courses, no equipment or anything like that until I'm very sure that this is something that I want to invest more resources in. So to that end, I think it's really important that you know what you value and you know what your needs are. And I have assessments for both of those things on my website. I will link them below. They're both exercises that you can go through to really understand who you are as a person and what you value, what brings you joy, and what matters most to you. To that end, knowing your needs and values is so critical to evaluating a new interest to see whether or not it's going to be something that's long-term and serves you or just a flash-in-the-pan interest. So once you know that something is going to serve you and be longer term, you will probably feel a lot more confident about investing in it. Flash in the pan interests are fine too, and they can be wonderful ways to pass time and watch YouTube videos, but you may not want to buy equipment or courses or anything like that. You may just want to satiate that current curiosity. But let's say you have a new interest and you want to invest more time and resources in it. How do you evaluate whether or not you're making the right choice? The best barometer I have for gauging my own interests is comparing them to my needs and values and seeing if they align with them and if they support or serve them. So let me give an example. 
I have a strong need and a strong value for peace. Peace is really important to me. So that's why I can get really deep in the woo. <laughs> and I sign up for a lot of courses. I learn a lot of tools. And a lot of those things serve me both in terms of managing my own anxiety and I also use them in my coaching practice. So an example of an impulsive move that I did years ago, I quit my job, let go of my work visa, sold all my things and moved to India for three months to learn how to teach yoga because I have this deep need and passion for peace. So I had a great time, but I also learned that I never want to teach yoga in a yoga studio. So when I came back, I didn't become a yoga teacher, but I also don't regret a moment of that decision to go to India because it was something that I will never forget. And I learned so much about yoga, spirituality, and myself. And I am a different person because of that experience. I've also switched jobs an awful lot because I get excited at the idea of a job, but once I get into it, it doesn't serve another very deep value of mine, which is freedom and flexibility. I really resent having to show up for things and be present for a certain amount of time when my energy might not align to a nine to five schedule. So it is taking me longer than it should have to figure out that that value of freedom and flexibility dictates how I want to work, when I want to work, and who I want to work with. And now that I have developed a business that really works with that value, I know that I will be at this for a long time. Many things will change about it, but the core business model will always remain asynchronous and aligned to the way I like to manage my energy. One more example that I would give on values and needs. I have a very strong value around well-being, and a big part of that is the need to be physical. I used to be a big runner. I don't run much anymore, but I used to just love throwing AirPods in my ears and going out the door for a run. It was free. It was flexible. I could do it when I wanted to do it. I would either listen to an inspiring podcast or I would just think and process life. I used to love doing that. But I also really loved this idea of finding a running posse and signing up for a running group or finding other people that we could all do races together and support each other. We would have great conversations as we had our long runs. And I had this very sort of mystical image of what a running group would give me. So I would sign up for running clinics and group coaching or I'd sign up for races and I would never ever do them. Whenever it was time for me to head out the door to go to these group events, I would never go. And it took me a long time to realize that my running habits and the way I like to run fed that value of freedom and flexibility. I resented having to show up to go for a run. I'm not somebody who needs other people to be accountable. So when I really looked at why was I signing up for all these running courses, it was that I wanted to meet like-minded people who wanted to spend time together doing something other than just going for drinks. Not that I have a problem with going for drinks, but I wanted a group of people that were equally as into growth and development who wanted to do constructive things together and bond that way. So when I realized that that was what the unmet need was, then I went out and found myself entrepreneurial connections. I found peers in my coaching space and that has filled that need for camaraderie and like-mindedness. Meanwhile, I can keep my workouts solo, which is the way I really like it to be. And I can just show up for them whenever I feel inspired to work out. So the takeaway there is to really understand what needs are you trying to meet when you find these new interests and you want to move ahead with them. 
And also remember that behind every interest and compulsion that you have, there's a story there. There's something that you will be if you go after that thing. So I wanted to be somebody who was connected to like-minded people in my pursuit of these running groups. And what I really needed was to be connected. It really didn't have anything to do with the running per se. In terms of my business, who I wanted to be was completely free to show up and work whenever I felt energetically aligned to and to rest when I wanted to rest because for me, those are somewhat sporadic. Now that I understand why I have some of these compulsions or interests, I can really examine what the core need is there and either fill it by pursuing that interest or fulfill that need in a different way that doesn't require me buying new things that I will later be stuffing into my garage. So that's how I approach hobby hopping. And it has been incredibly helpful for me. But at the end of the day, the most important thing that I have realized is that it's okay that I cycle through interests. It's okay that I have a new interest and I'm obsessed with it. Like right now it's RVing. I am all about the RV life. Never owned one, never driven one, never spend a weekend in one, but I am watching all the YouTube videos. I actually went to go see RVs last weekend and I'm warming up to the idea, but I'm taking it slow because that's a huge investment and I'm not entirely sure it aligns with all of my needs. It definitely aligns with my freedom and flexibility need, but I also have a need for financial stability and I know that's a very expensive hobby. Also, I have a deep value around minimalism and that definitely doesn't line with that either. So the jury's still out as to whether or not this girl will ever own an RV, but I'm really enjoying the process of learning so much about it and following different RVers on YouTube and learning about their community. And it's just a fascinating discovery and I'm just enjoying it. And will it last? I don't know. But for now, I'm just enjoying learning about it. And I'm not attaching that interest to my self-worth. So if I find that I get bored with it and move on to the next thing, no big deal. And if I find that I continue to have this interest, then I'll try renting an RV and see how that feels and then take the next step after that. But as long as I am being intentional and mindful about my obsessions, I have zero shame about them. And you shouldn't either because that is what makes you an interesting person. So on that note, I hope this was helpful. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I will see you in the next video. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.